Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing today, huh? You guys doing good? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's welcome all of our locations. Also, Celebration Northern Ireland, we want to welcome you into the experience. We're so glad that you're joining uh, us for this series, This Changes Everything. And before I get into today's message, just real quickly, parents, you saw that. This is it. The last weekend, 50% off for Riot Retreat. To, on Monday, it goes to $250 per student instead of $125, okay? So please take advantage of that. And on that note, I thought that this would be a good Sunday to introduce something that we're going to do on a semi-regular basis, and that is we're going to bring up some of our next generation speakers, some of our riot leaders, and let you hear from them. And we're going to call this segment Three Minutes of Fire. Everybody say Three Minutes of Fire, okay? And so today we have one of our, I want you to see the kind of kids that we are producing at Riot, kids that are sold out for God, kids that have passion for Jesus. And today's speaker, preacher on the three minutes of fire is none other than ninth grader, 14-year-old Rachel De La Santos. Come on, give her a big, big hand. Okay, Rachel, are you ready? Do we have the clock? Do we have the clock? Do we have the three minutes of fire clock? Oh, that's two. We're going to give you an extra minute. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rachel. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Pastor Stovall. All right. So the Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation, an apocalyptic prophecy addressed to the seven churches in the Roman province of Asia. Chapter 3, verse 16 says, So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Some of you here are lukewarm. You're not all in, you're not engaged. Guys, the reason we come to the riot and go to church is not to hang out or to socialize or to be entertained. We are here for one purpose only. Yeah, and that's to have a full, passionate encounter with God. Like, don't just come to church, be the church. Like, this is a call to action. Jesus rose from the dead, and sometimes we can't even get out of bed. Like, get serious. Go back to your first love. It hurts. It, it offends God when you take his merciful grace and intentionally reject, ignore, and minimize it. Guys, this is a call to action. This is urgent. The Lord's presence is evident in here. So what are you waiting for? Don't be distracted. Engage your heart. Engage your mind. Tonight is your night of salvation. Come on. Because of the cross, there is redemption for us. Now, believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. Now he is here. Come on. Cast all your anxiety on him and experience healing now. Come on. He is here tonight. The riot is a generation with a sudden, unrestrained outbreak of passion for Jesus. Come on. The riot is rising. Come on. Right now. Oh. 
Oh, come on, y'all can do a little bit better than that. How about that, huh? Oh, man. The future looks bright at Celebration. And what you just saw there, that, that's the spirit of our youth ministry. And parents, I wanna thank you so much for giving generously to Riot. I wanna thank you so much. You know, part of our heart for the house giving goes to supplement our Riot ministry. You know, God spoke to us a couple of years ago that, that that's where the war is. That's where the war is right now. And I wanna let you know we are gaining ground week by week and month by month. And I wanna thank you for your generous giving. And, we're gonna see a generation take back this nation and take back the world for God. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? So, so, so ju just one more thing. Remember, Valerie Burton is speaking Mother's Day weekend as well as sisterhood. I just wanna remind you all of that. And listen, it might be important for you to go to your you know, grandmom's church or something like that on Mother's Day. If that's the case, if you kind of have plans to be somewhere else with family or, or relatives, man, come to our Saturday night service. Valerie will be preaching Saturday night. It's just like Sunday morning. It is a great service uh, for you to check out. All right, awesome. Are y'all ready to get into the word? Today, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. I want you, I'm gonna read the passage of scripture through one time before we pray. So if you could put Luke chapter 19 up there. We're gonna talk about Zacchaeus today. Everybody say Zacchaeus. How many of you are familiar? Maybe if you uh, grew up, you went to Sunday school or something like that. You know, Zacchaeus, he was the, what is it? Zacchaeus was a man, a, a wee little man. He was a wee little man and he was wee. I don't know the rest of the song. And the reason is, is because the Bible says that he's short, that he was of a lesser stature and he was a tax collector and he's gonna have an encounter with Jesus and guess what? Everything's gonna change. Everything is gonna change. That's what this series is about. People having encounters with Jesus and everything changes. Luke chapter 19, verse one, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus. Remember that. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. The crowd wouldn't let him through. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus. He said, quick. Everybody say quick. Quick. Come down. I must. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, the crowd, were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to Celebration Church. Sorry. That was a prophetic word for some just came out. I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. He'll restore fourfold. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. Salvation. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save 
those who are lost. I want to preach from this text today, and I have entitled this message, Come On Down. Come on down. You're the next contestant on. Jesus changes everything. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, Lord, for this next 30 minutes, God. Lord, let us see you. Let us see your grace. Lord, let us see how you love us through the good and the bad. Lord, thank you so much for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Let me unpack this story a little bit for you, and then we'll look at a few more scriptures out of that passage of scripture. But once again, here's Jesus coming through Jericho. We know Jericho in the Old Testament, that's where the walls came down. And what have we learned in this series? That, that breakthrough is no longer a place, breakthrough is a person. Resurrection, the resurrection is not an event, the resurrection is a person. Grace is not a th thing, grace is a person. It's the person of Jesus. So here's Jesus, once again, in this area that represents breakthrough. He's walking through, there's all these crowds, and lo and behold, here's the tax collector of the region, Zacchaeus. And let me tell you a little bit of something about tax collectors back in the day, back in Jesus' day, okay? They were not very popular people. In fact, most of them were very, very corrupt. They would collect taxes. So they were, they were, they, most of them were Jews, but they were kind of collecting taxes also for the Romans. So there's all kind of kickbacks and corruption. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they had a crew. If you didn't pay up, they could make you pay up. They had some guys that could rough you up. You know what I'm saying? Like it was kind of a little bit of mobbish. I mean, that's, I mean they, were, they were overall in Jesus' day, they were, they were very corrupt people. That's why when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, he says, you know what? The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. I mean, that's the kind of class they were in if you talk about a, a religiously or morally. So here's Zacchaeus, okay? He's, he's, he, he's this tax collector. So we know religiously and morally he's an outcast, right? He's, he's, he's probably, I mean, Jesus coming by his he, he, he's ashamed. He hadn't lived a good life. And not only is he religiously and morally ashamed, but also socially. Think about him. I mean, he had to be the most unpopular guy in town. In fact, you saw the response from the crowd when they saw Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house. They're like, I can't believe this. I mean, here's Jesus. He's going to go to Zacchaeus' house. Doesn't Jesus know who Zacchaeus is? He's not only a sinner, he is a notorious sinner. Come on, anybody else? You weren't only a sinner, you were a notorious sinner. You were famous for being bad. You were famous, you were well known for bad behavior. Anybody else out there? We can't believe, so, so watch this. He was religiously, if you think about Zacchaeus' life before this encounter with Jesus, he's religiously or morally ashamed. He's socially ashamed. He's not popular. And then also, lo and behold, to top it all off, physically. I mean, the Bible goes out of the way to say, this guy was really short. Come on, how many of you guys would like that, you know, published forever about you? Like, this guy was a real wimp, or this guy was really, really short. And in fact, in the, 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 the King James and in the Greek, it says he was of a 
lesser stature, or he was of a small stature, a lesser stature. So think about physically, he's kind of ashamed there. So here's a guy, even though he had some things people might look, you know, he's got money, he's rich, he's got some things going on the outside, you know, he's, he's got a good job with the mob, you know. <laughs> on the inside, Zacchaeus is morally ashamed. He's socially ashamed. And he's even physically ashamed. But here comes Jesus. And I'm sure he's heard that Jesus has healed blind Bartimaeus and Jesus accepts sinners and Jesus loves people. So Zacchaeus, obviously, he wants to get to Jesus. But once again, we have the crowd. See, it's, it's not only that Zacchaeus was short, but it was also the crowd. Remember, he's so unpopular. There's no way that the crowd was gonna let Zacchaeus get through and get to Jesus and so what does Zacchaeus have to do? He has to, he finds this bush, this sycamore fig tree. It was kind of a, 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 a bush. It had low-lying branches, so it was easy to climb up a little bit. He kind of goes, and he kind of, he, he figures out where Jesus is gonna be. And that's a whole nother message. You need to know where Jesus is gonna be. I'll tell you one place he is. He's at church every single Sunday. That's why you need to be faithful to the house of God. Jesus is in your serving team. Jesus is in your devotionals. Jesus is in that worship music that you play in your car that you need to put on more often instead of always listening to There's nothing wrong with But man, you also need to have some worship in there because is it is it is it is it is it isn't gonna get you any closer to God. My keyboard player's out today. I damaged him psychologically last weekend. He's in recovery, but he'll be back. I found out there was a support group for preachers keyboard players. So here's the kiss. So what does he do? He finds out where Jesus, oh, this is good. Jesus is at the altar. You got to know where Jesus is going to be. He finds out where Jesus is going, where Jesus is going to be. And he finds this bush, this sycamore fig tree. And he gets up there and he just kind of hides. Now the crowd can't get him. He's tall enough. Here's what, I, here's what this represents. Watch, remember, remember. He's physically ashamed, he's socially ashamed, he's morally ashamed. What do people do when they're in shame? What did Adam do when he was in shame? He went behind a bush and hid. Here's Zacchaeus behind a bush hiding, which by the way, it says Zacchaeus was of a lesser stature. Do you know the first definition in the dictionary, a definition of shame? Now, the overall meaning of shame is when you feel badly about yourself or you think badly about yourself. That's overall just what shame means, and it comes in different ways and forms. When you feel badly about yourself or you think badly about yourself. But the number one definition under that is 
when you perceive yourself of a lesser stature. The exact same language that is used to describe Zacchaeus, he was a man of lesser stature. You can find that in the dictionary when it describes shame. When you perceive yourself as lesser than you really are. Let me, in fact, read uh, the, some of these definitions of, of shame. That was the first one. Overall, shame is when we feel badly about ourselves. Listen to this. Dissatisfaction from your assessment or your perception that you are now lesser in stature. Zacchaeus. Look at this. Disapproving of your own actions or lack of accomplishments. Failure to meet your own standard of behavior. Absence or deficiency of self-love or self-worth. Feeling inferior. Believing you are a bad person. You know, some of you things have happened to you in life and it wasn't even your fault. But because of these experiences, somehow you've turned that on yourself and you feel like you're, you're a bad person or these bad things wouldn't have happened to you if you were a better person. Maybe something is wrong with you. That's, that's shame. It's a loss of honor. Blaming yourself for mistakes. Knowing you did wrong when it was possible to do right. Come on, how many of us have been there, done that? Knowing you did wrong when it was possible to do right, and this is a big one here, not meeting your responsibility to yourself. To yourself. And the root word shame, guess what it means? To hide. To hide. Now let me say this about shame and guilt because they go hand in hand, okay? But it's very important that we understand this, okay? Think of it this way. Guilt is legal, Shame is emotional. You're guilty when you do something bad, right? You're guilty for that transgression or breaking that law or that sin, right? Guilty is the action. It's a, it's a legal sentence. There's a punishment when you're guilty, right? You go to court, right? You've done something wrong. You've, with an action, you have done something wrong. You have broken the law. What, they... The judge says what? Guilty as charged. It's a legal action and now there is a punishment with that action. Guilty is legal. So shame is emotional. Think of it this way. Guilt says you did something bad. Shame says I am bad. Do you see? Guilty says you've broken this. Shame says I am broken. I am a bad person. Guilt and shame go hand in hand. Watch, that's why it's so important. Listen, when you receive Jesus, you are no longer guilty. All of, the, all of your moral transgressions, all of your mistakes, all of those things that you did wrong, what? You were guilty, right? And therefore you had to be punished. But God, in his love, sent Jesus, put Jesus on the cross. God looked at all of us and what we're all guilty of our sin. There was a legal sentence of death 
against us a punishment, but because God loved us so much, he executed that punishment of our guilt on his own son, Jesus. Come on. Even though Jesus was just and what we've been talking about in this series and there was a divine exchange that if we receive Jesus, we receive his justness. He was perfect, right? We receive his justness justice because he's already taken our guilt. The legal sentence, your punishment has already been executed on Jesus. So when you receive Jesus, you are forgiven. You are now justified. You are not guilty. It is just as though you've never sinned. Can anybody thank God for the blood of Jesus that declares us no longer guilty? We're justified, it's just as though we've never sinned. So watch, all the sins of your past, your present, and your future, guess what? There's no guilt there. The punishment's already been executed. Now when you sin, you mess up, watch. There's still a fellowship issue, right? God tells us in the Our Father prayer, it's about the fourth thing, it's not the first thing. It's about the fourth thing, what does he say? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, keeps us in a state of forgiveness. But you need to understand, even your future sin, it's not a salvation thing, it's not a heaven or hell deal, it's not a relationship deal, but it is a fellowship thing with God. Come on, you know when you do something uh, against your spouse or you know you say something against your spouse, what do you need to do? You need to make it right. But you're still married, hopefully, if you have a child, your child does something bad, your child sins to you or lies to you or whatever it is, well, your, your child needs to make it right, correct? There might be a fellowship issue going on. We need to talk about this, but you don't excommunicate. You no longer carry the family name away with you. <laughs> Yet some of us, that's how we think about God. And if you don't understand where I'm going from this point forward in this message, if you don't understand that Jesus has taken away all of your guilt because legally he received the punishment for all of your transgressions, you will never get to the place where you can break the emotion of shame off your life and come out of hiding. Are you following me? So watch, watch, watch. Back to our story. So here's the kids. Can y'all see me at Orange Park and uh, can the other campuses, Julington Creek, everybody, can they see me back here? Because I want to be hiding. I would get behind the drums, but then you really couldn't see me. I want you to imagine that Jesus is walking by up here in the light because Jesus is the light, right? Here's Jesus. He's walking by here. But Zacchaeus, who represents someone in shame, is hiding. We don't have a fig tree, but we have a, a drum set. Oh man, he left the sticks up here. What'd y'all think about that? <laughs> the worship team's terrified. They're just back there giving me all kind of looks. So watch. Here's Zacchaeus hiding. Watch, 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 watch. 
He's in shame. He's looking at Jesus. Remember the Bible says this? He was trying to get a look at Jesus. Jesus is over there. He can't really see. He's trying to get a look. Let, let me say this. There are many people, and you're trying to see the person of Jesus. You're trying to see Jesus, but shame has blocked you from really being able to see Jesus as your loving Savior who wants to break that shame off your life. Watch. Because you keep hiding. And here's the thing. You cannot change in shame. You cannot change in shame. As long as you are hiding, you cannot change. And here's how shame operates, okay? Zacchaeus is back here hiding. Look, he sees Jesus over there, but what the crowd that doesn't like him, that's going to remind him of his past, that's going to remind him who he is, that's going to remind him how he's uh, socially not welcome and morally he's been all bad and even physically they're going to make fun of him. There's all that crowd that's going to remind him of that, that's going to speak to him of that, but he sees Jesus over there. He knows Jesus could help him. He begins to maybe see what his life could be like if he could just get to Jesus. He begins to maybe imagine himself. You know, I could, I could be a better person. Jesus could change me. I could be a generous person. Maybe I could find, uh, find some friends. Like he starts, to, he starts to see, watch, watch, watch. He starts to see the life he could have. But there's a gap between the life that he could have and the life he really has. And you know what lives in the gap from where we are to where we want to be? Shame. The gap from what is and what ought to be in that gap, that's where shame resides, reminding you of all the reasons why you're not that person. In the gap of, man, I want to be that. I could be that. I wish this situation was changed about my life. I wish that thing that happened to me in the past would stop bothering me. I wish this could change. The, watch, the life you want is over there but the life you have is right here. And shame lives in the gap of what is and what could be. Do you see? So now think about your own life. Look, this happens to me. Look, okay? I see a stove all in Christ with Jesus. Let me tell you something. That stove all, that guy's awesome. That guy, man, he's super consistent. He's always fired up for God. Man, he's, he, he's, he, he's, he, he's a great husband always. He always has energy for his kids. He's stable. He's consistent. Man, that, that, that Stovall in Christ, man, that, that, that Stovall, he's always healed up and he's free. And, and, and man, that, that's the Stovall I want to be. But then there's the Stovall that is who's got some brokenness, 
who's had a lot of failures, who has some shortcomings, who wishes that we were reaching more people for Jesus, but we're not, that can be reminded. Listen, I came from a broken home. I've got issues like everybody else. Do you see what I'm saying? Maybe my issues are different from your issues, but we all have issues. See, each and every one of us, isn't it? Isn't it true? There's, there's the person we want to be, right? But then there's the person that we really are. And in this gap lives shame, lives the voices of the crowd that want to keep you hidden and wants to remind you of all the reasons why you can never be the person you want to be and why you can never have the life that you want to have. Shame fills that gap. But I've got good news for you. A man named Jesus who died on the cross and took away the penalty for our sins, for our brokenness, for our shortcomings, for our humanity. Jesus washed that all away. Now I'm justified. It is just as though I've never sinned. So you know what? Now, when I see the stoveball that's broken and human, but I see the stoveball that could be when Jesus died on the cross, he did away with shame. No longer does shame fill that gap, but grace fills that gap. The favor of God even when I'm broken. The favor of God even when I mess up. The blessing blessing of God even when I don't do right. The blessing of God even when I'm inconsistent. The goodness of God even when I don't deserve it. The mercy of God even when I shouldn't have it. The power of God that's not based on my performance. That's what grace is. Grace fills in the gap from where you are and who you want to be. And the enemy will do everything that he can to keep you hidden, keep you in your shame because you can't change in shame. That's why Jesus, watch. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus, here's what I'm thinking Jesus is thinking. This is the Stovall commentary that I'm not willing to publish for fear of reprimand by God when I get to heaven. However, I will say it. You, you know what I think Jesus is thinking? Just like Adam. Been here, done that. Huh? Jesus was back in the garden. Here we go, but guess what? It's a new day. It's a new covenant. It's the year of the Lord's favor. It's the grace of God. So when Jesus sees Zacchaeus hiding in shame, you know what he says? Zacchaeus, you need to come down. You need to come down right now. You need to get out of this shame. There's there's a new day now. 
I'm going to die on the cross and I'm going to die for your sins and there's going to be no more guilt and no more shame. And yeah, you're going to mess up. And yeah, you're going to have shortcomings. And yeah, you're not going to be perfect. But you know what? I'm going to give you something called the grace of God. And the grace of God is going to fill in the gap in your deficiencies and in your sins and in your mistakes and in your brokenness. You get out of that shame and get to me. So I want to give you four things here. I want to give you four things of allowing God to break the shame off your life. Look at this real quick. The first thing, look at verse five. First part of verse five, it says, when Jesus came by, I just said it. He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick. Everybody say quick. He says, quick, come down. Quick. Remember when the prodigal son was coming home and the father was out there? Here comes the prodigal son covered in mud, covered in shame. Here's the community looking. Here, here he comes in all of his gunk and his rebellion and he's wasted his life. What did the father say? First word, quick. Get the robe on him, representing the robe of righteousness. I do not want all these townspeople making fun of my son. I don't want him in shame any longer. I'm telling you today, if you're living in regret, if you're living in shame, I'm telling you that God's word to you is quick. You need to come down. You need to get out of that hiding place and let grace fill in the gap and not shame. So the first thing is, did I say it? The first thing is, Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Remember the story of when Jesus healed the man with a withered hand? So Jesus, if you're not familiar with it, there's this man, the Bible says he had a withered hand. And Jesus is gonna heal this man of his withered hand. But when Jesus came to him, this is obviously implying this, the, the man was hiding his hand. He was only showing his good hand. And Jesus said, stretch out your hand. I see your good hand. But you know what? I know you have a bad hand too. And I love you just as much. Bad hand and good hand. Good you and bad you. The who you are and the who you want to be. I need you to stretch out that hand. Watch. Jesus can't break your shame until you're willing to come out of hiding and show him that broken part of you and bring it to him. He loves you with your withered hand. Come on, can you give God? See, here's what, here's what I'm trying to say. Here's how we think, okay? Here's, remember the gap? We think this, well, Jesus loves that me, the good me, the holy me, the, the, the consistent me. That Jesus loves that me, but this me, the real me, the broken me, when I mess up, when I go back to that sin, when I get back in that addiction cycle, whatever that thing, this me, Jesus isn't too excited about this me. But you know, he loves that me, that me that, that, that I am every now and then. But this withered hand me, he didn't want to see that. 
Can I say this? Oh, God loves you with your withered hand. Can I tell you this? He loves the real you, the future you, the broken you, the whole you. He loves you. He died for you. That's why God said this. Look, have you ever noticed this? Remember Jacob, his name means deceiver. He was the deceiver, the conniver, all that. God changed his name, what? To the good Jacob, the future. Israel, right? Governed by God. Jacob's name meant what? Deceiver. Israel governed by God. I've fought with God and prevailed, and now I'm Israel and all that. But we look at Jacob's life, and there's times where, hey, he's acting like Israel. Boy, there's some times when he's back to old deceiving Jacob. But you know what God says in the Bible? He doesn't just say he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He says, oh no. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The bad one too. I love the bad one too. I love the withered hand too. He, lo he loves the broken part of you too. Well, Stovall, what do I do? I have this brokenness. I have this addiction. I have this pain. I have these issues. I have all these things. What do I do? Can I tell you this? Here's what I'm confident of. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. There's a process. I'm heading towards the better me. You know what the definition of hope is? The definition of hope is a preferred future state, a better day. A better me, a free me. That's what hope is. See, here's why, watch. When people don't have a hope, when they stay hiding, when they don't have hope, what happens? Shame engulfs them. That's when people take their lives or that's when people stay in a cycle of brokenness because they don't have hope that things could ever be better. I'm telling you, you have grace in this gap that will help you with your struggles and failings and backslidings and all that. Can I tell you, some of you need to get your hope back because there is a better day with Jesus and hope is the energy of your faith and hope comes when we come out of hiding, we show Jesus our withered hand and we say, you know what, God? You love me with the withered hand too. Jesus said, salvation has come to this house. Listen, healing is coming to your hand, but you've got to get out there and show it to Jesus and be honest to him. Listen, he was the God of Israel and Jacob. Hadn't you read in Romans chapter seven, even the apostle Paul, remember what the, the apostle Paul says, I'm the chief of all sinners. Remember in Romans seven, Paul says this, man, there's this good Paul. There's this Paul that's full of the spirit and he obeys God, but then I find this other Paul working in my flesh. And when that Paul comes out, the things that I wanna do as the good Paul, I end up not doing. The things that I know I shouldn't do, I can end up doing those things too. There's a good Paul, there's a bad Paul. There's the law of God that works in my mind. I wanna do the right thing, but I find at war with the mind of Christ, the mind of the good Paul. <laughs> this flesh, this human nature. Listen, you're not a bad person, you're just a human. 
And I will tell you this, when you get a revelation of the grace of God, there will be no shame in your game because we are all broken and we all need grace to get to where God wants to bring us. So the apostle Paul says this, what a miserable man I am. Who's gonna deliver me from this, from, from, from this predicament? What does he say? Thank God, Jesus Christ, my Lord. Next verse, therefore there's now what? No condemnation for those who follow Jesus. Shame is out, grace is in, and I have the love and favor of God even when I mess up and fall down and have withered hands and all that because I am in a process of becoming the person that Jesus has called me to be. That is worth a praise break right there. Somebody needs to shout. Oh man, I got, I'm gonna hurry and go through these. We gotta stop. That's why y'all need to come to Saturday night. I can preach a little bit longer. Doesn't that excite you? Doesn't that? Look, look stop hiding. Look, I must be a guest in your home today. Second thing, stop hiding. Second thing is fellowship with Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Okay, what, so what do you mean fellowship? With Jesus, look. Jesus went to his house. In other words, we're gonna we're gonna have a relationship. We're gonna sit together, you and your corrupt mobster, whatever unpopular self. Zacchaeus, I loved it. That's why Jesus calls Zacchaeus' name. Zacchaeus, I love you for who you are. Zacchaeus hadn't changed yet. There was no good Zacchaeus. Jesus, like, but you know, we're gonna have fellowship. You're gonna come to me. We have to learn to bring our pain and our shame to God. The number one thing I teach our college kids, the most important thing for them to have a healthy life and a healthy ministry, if God calls them to that, is the ability to process pain in a healthy way. And you cannot change in shame, but oh man, you talk about a powerful transformation when you understand the grace of God. He loves the good you and the bad you and everything in between. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Don't, hey, you're, you messed up, you're in sin. Don't stop your devotions, keep coming to God. Conviction brings you to God. You know what conviction says? All right, come on down. We're going to the house. I know what you did. <laughs> Don't hide your wither hand. Let's talk about it again and again and again and again and even next year if we need to and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But can I tell you this? One day you're gonna have a revelation of the grace of God and it's the goodness of God that leads to true repentance and it's the goodness of God that leads to true shame. Let me tell you what, what I do, fellowshipping with Jesus. I don't know if you have the, uh, the um, Bible app Okay, the YouVersion Bible app. You know, as I read the Bible through the year, the scriptures that speak to me, or I feel like God's speaking to me, there's a highlight thing. And I hit those scriptures. And then what I can do is, every day, when I'm being the good stove all and doing my devotions every day, which I don't, I miss days doing my devotions. Are y'all shocked? I know that y'all are shocked. My staff was shocked when I said there's actually a bad stovall, a human stovall, and not a good perfect. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You're all like, man, we know you're junk. Okay, look. So you know what I do? I go right here. I go to, to uh, me. 
That's what it says to me. I go to my highlights, and man, here's all my scriptures. And I'll just go through those. I'll fellowship with Jesus. Some of these scriptures speak to my weaknesses. Some of these scriptures speak to things that I'm believing God for. Some of these scriptures speak to all of you. You know, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make it. I go through that. You know, I fellowship with Jesus. I go to his house. He comes to my house. And that's where that transformation and that grace, I experience that even in seasons of difficulty. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Let me, let me close real quick. The next thing is verse six through eight. You can just, you can just put it up there. You see right here, the, the people grumbled and all that. Look, Zacchaeus, I love this. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. You gotta get the right perspective. Here's what I love, okay? Okay, so watch. Now you're experiencing the grace of God. Okay, God's good. God loves me, brokenness. And also, you know what? I love this now. Instead of hiding behind a tree, Zacchaeus, you know, he stands up. Stands up in front of everyone. In other words, all right, I'm Zacchaeus. I'm the short guy who's unpopular, everybody hates. I got no friends. I've been bad. Y'all want some of this? It's who I am. What does Zacchaeus starts to do? He starts to identify with who he is in Christ. You know what? If Jesus is okay with me, then all of y'all are gonna have to be okay with me. You, you, you gotta get some confidence. You gotta get some confidence. I'm not talking about ego, but I'm talking about this. Listen, you might be unpopular. Well, guess what? Somebody's gonna like you. I'm telling you, if Jesus likes you, somebody's gonna like you. He's gonna give you a group of friends. Can I tell you this? You might not like the way that you look, but can I tell you this? There's a lot of people that probably like the way you look. God definitely is gonna have a husband or a wife for you and they're gonna think that you're beautiful or that you're handsome. You don't need everybody to think you're beautiful. God thinks you're beautiful and they'll have the right people to think that you're beautiful. Are you following me? You know what? You might not be the holiest person of the bunch. Welcome to the club. So what? I've got issues. Big deal. We all have issues. That's what humanity is. You're not bad. You're human. We're all in this struggle together. If the Apostle Paul struggled, we're all in this struggle. But thank God that we're all in this wonderful, wonderful thing called grace, where grace fills in the gap in our failures and struggles. And the last thing is this. I love it. He says, salvation has come to your house today. So now wholeness has come to Zacchaeus. He's on this process of becoming whole and things are changing. But remember this. Yes, salvation has come to his home for this man has shown himself to be true. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost, those who are broken, those who are in shame. Jesus makes us whole. But while we're on that journey from who we are to what God sees we can be, there's grace that fills the gap. The last thing I want to tell you this is some of you might need to do this. You need to make it right. Make it right if necessary. Some of you, you've hurt someone, okay? You need to tell them you're sorry. Zacchaeus said, you know what? If I've cheated anybody, I'm going to give them back fourfold. Some of you, maybe you've cheated someone. Maybe you've stolen from someone. Maybe you can't give them back fourfold yet, but you know what? You can take a step. 
You can say, you know what? I'm gonna repay you for this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start making installments. Some of you need to forgive. You need, you need to take steps. He said, I'll restore fourfold, fourfold restoration. Let me tell you something about the number four in the Bible. Hang with me. We're closing right now. Where are you? Where are you, Ben? Come out of hiding. Come out of, come out of your shame. I didn't break the drums. I'm making it right. I'm sorry. I'll say so anyway. Four. Okay, he restored fourfold, which was more than the law required. Let me tell you something. The number four in the Bible, it's about seasons and it's about direction. North, south, east, and west. Directions. Uh, spring, summer, winter, fall. Seasons. Can I tell you this? There are seasons in your life when you are going, God has you on the direction to fulfill his purpose, there are seasons in your life that you're going to go through where guess what? God's going to bring you on a process to salvation and to wholeness. So here's what I want to say to everyone. You need to recognize the season that you're in. That's why we have a four-step process in our growth track that begins today. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Make a difference. Here's what I want to say to you today. Listen to me loud and clear. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, I'm telling you, Jesus loves you broken and withered and bad and whatever's going on in your life. He loves the good you and the bad you. He loves Israel and he loves Jacob. He loves your good hand and he loves your bad hand. So get out of that shame. Come on, stand up. I want you to stand up like Zacchaeus did. Be comfortable with who you are. God loves you for who you are. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.